The singing of the doxology by the PCC student body begins Pensacola Christian College Chapel. At each chapel service, students have an opportunity to receive spiritual exhortation and enrichment during a time of music and meditation on God's Word. This podcast shares selected recent chapel messages from guest speakers, faculty, and staff. Welcome to the PCC Chapel Podcast. So let me ask you a question. When is the Lord coming back? I want to tell you the most likely time that the Lord's coming back, and I want to ask you what your response is. You have to share this with your own heart, but here's what the Bible says. In such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. And the reality is, virtually every one of us walked into this room this morning, and none of us thinking that the Lord was coming back in the next 60 minutes which makes the next 60 minutes the most likely time for the Lord to come back. Because it is in such an hour as ye think not. Now what does that do to you on the inside? Does that scare you? Does that thrill you? I mean, are you ready for the Lord to come back? Or is it like, I want to do this, this, this? Are you ready to face God with what it is that you have done with your life? Or are you sitting there saying, I need more time and uh, I want to go off of the saying that I read in a book. Now, this book is not of our stripe necessarily, but if you want to write down the name of a book to read, it will challenge you. It's called Safely Home by Randy Alcorn, and it's a novel. It's not a book about doctrine or anything. It's a novel, but it's about a guy in China who is struggling with the with the laws over there to live for Christ. And there's a phrase that he says again and again, and that is that real gold fears no fire. And the reality is, if you and I are real gold, then the idea of standing before our maker does not send us into shock. It does not cause us to crumble in fear because real gold fears no fire. Father, we ask that you would help us today to allow your Holy Spirit to challenge us, to cause us to love you in greater fashion, so much so that we would live for you, that we would surrender our lives to you more than we ever have. God, prepare us for when it is, whatever it is, that uh, whenever that time comes, that we're going to meet you face to face. And we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My life verse, um, I, I adopted my life verse before I really understood it. I was a teenager. I got saved when I was 16. And my life verse became Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. For, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I thought that just sounded cool. And, and it is. It's a great concept, right? But as I've grown in the Lord to understand what that means, it means that if I become consumed by my Savior on this side of eternity, then stepping into eternity means nothing different. You understand? I mean, if I'm consumed by Christ now, there's no question that in eternity I will be consumed by Christ. And so the more consumed I am by Christ here, the less the less um, of a major change it's going to be to go from here to there. And this is where the Apostle Paul was bringing his life. For to me to live is Christ. And to die is just 
a step into greater Christ-likeness. And it ought not to scare us. Real gold fears no fire. So uh, here we are. We're in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. By the way, how does real gold become real gold? You know, you already know this. It's an old illustration. You know how the process of its being, of its being uh, cleaned up and our lives are being cleaned. Of course, it starts with, with Christ. And if you're here this morning, you've never trusted Jesus Christ, your Savior. That's where you got to start this, all right? If you, if you don't know Christ, please talk to someone today Get this settled because the Lord is coming back and he may come back in the next 60 minutes. I don't know. It is a likely time for him to come back. But when he comes back, when we, you know, when this mortal puts on immortality, we will stand before him and give an account. And that ought not cause us to cringe. It ought to be a, a, something that we're looking forward to. There is a crown set aside for those who love his appearing. And I'm telling you, it took a long time for me to get to the place where I loved his appearing. I lived most of my Christian life saying, Lord, not today. I I wanna do this, I wanna see this, I wanna have this happen. And I I know, as young people especially, you're like, yeah, I want the Lord to come back, but I wanna get married, I wanna have kids. And all those things are just the normals, right? That's just the normals. But I'm talking about, you know, I want to defeat this sin in my life. Before you come. I want to know what it is to to walk close to you before you come back. And as we become real gold, real gold fears no fire. Well, Job tells us how we become real gold, right? When I'm tried, I shall come forth as gold. So what I want to talk about is... When, when we say real gold fears no fire, ultimately it's going to be the fire that comes in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to end there. But it's the fires that God allows us to go through as he's preparing us for 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Here we are in 2 Corinthians chapter, seven, um, chapter, sorry, um, chapter 4, I'm sorry. Verse 17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment... Worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of, what's the word? Glory. This is where we're headed. And right now in this life, while we are going through trials and there's fire being thrust upon us, we ought not fear that fire because it is working us toward a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not on the, at the things that are seen, but on the things that are not seen, For the things that are seen, they're temporary, they're temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. For we know that if this earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have in a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. That's what we look forward to. Now, I'm to that place in my life where this body, I know this will shock you, but this body doesn't work like it used to. I am on the old side. Yes, I am. I'm old enough to be your grandparent. I'm 62 years old. And you're just like, grandparent? That's my great-grandparent. I don't know. It might be. I have no idea. But I'm getting, and this body doesn't work. And so just physically speaking, I'm looking forward to this mortal putting on immortality. Spiritually, though, this will shock you, perhaps. It didn't shock you about my body. But you know, in my spiritual walk, I'm still not where I want to be. I get up every day, and the things I know I should do, I don't do. And the things I know I shouldn't do, I do. 
and I'm reaching the place in my spiritual walk where I'm saying to God, I'm tired of the fight. I'm ready for this mortal to put on immortality. Now, I'm not suicidal, right? Don't panic. But what I am, I'm ready for the Lord to come back. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. I'm to the place where I'm, I'm tired of this flesh winning all too often. And I want this flesh to put on immortality. You'll get there, I promise. God wants to get us there quickly. So what he does is he sends us through a series of fires to get us ready for the ultimate one when we will stand before him. And that's what this passage is really talking about. Look at verse uh, chapter 5. Look at verse 1. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we said that one. Go to verse 2. For in this we... Now what do we do? In this we what? I'm reaching the groaning stage in my Christian walk. The burden of living under the curse of sin is getting old. Now some of you have reached that place even at your young age. Some of you started when you were 14 asking God to forgive you for what you were looking at on the internet. And now you're 19. And for five years you've seen no real victory. And you groan in your spirit because you know that this is not the life God's planned for you. Some of you are still trying to get up the courage to witness to the first person you've ever spoken to about Jesus in any real sense. But the fear of man has come upon you as a snare and it's keeping you from doing what God has called you to do and you're beginning in your spirit to feel the groan. For we groan, the Bible says. This is what it means to be under the curse. We groan. Now folks, listen. Once we fall in love with Jesus enough, the fire will quit scaring us. You know what the fire scares us for? It's because we, we don't love Jesus enough. And we're like, I know that the fire is going to make me change. I know the fire is going to do something to me. And I just as soon stay kind of where I'm at. And so we're going to face, we're going to face the fire and we're groaning. There's a part of us that says, I want the fire. Send the fire. Um... What's that song? I hate when this happens. So, um, God's refining fire. Anyway, that's you know the idea. I can't remember it, but it's like God's refining. Send it in. Let let the fire come. I want us today to consider that if we would love Jesus enough, we'll quit fearing the fire and let God do whatever it takes to make us like Jesus, so that one day. When we face the final fire, and you say, Pastor John, I don't have to face fire. I'm, I'm a Christian. Well, read 1 Corinthians chapter 3 one more time, would you? There's a fire coming for all of us. It's not the fires of hell. It is the fire of the Bema Seed of Christ. It's the judgment. And we're, we want to, I would rather get this done here. So let's, let's talk about what that means to get through this fire. In this fire, I've got to... Hurry so I can get you out of here. You know, one of the reasons why you guys like me is because I usually end before the bell rings. So we'll try to keep that going, all right? In 1 Peter chapter 1, it says this, that the trial of your faith being more precious than of gold. And this is interesting because 
as we go through trials, we come forth as gold. And God says that the trial, which makes us more pure, is actually more precious than the gold itself. That the trying of your faith, being more precious than gold. And some of us have had to go through the fire of affliction. And some of you are right in the middle of it. I mean, there's things happening in your life. You're here and back home. Your, your family is falling apart. I, I know what that's like. It's not me where I'm at now. But when I was, you know, your age, my mom had left my dad to marry my dad's brother. Yeah. Guess what happens? Guess what families do at Christmas time and Thanksgiving? They get together. So when my dad's family got together, you know who was there? My dad, his brother, and my mom. That was interesting. I understand the fire of affliction. I do understand that sometimes we're in situations where we would rather not be. And, but God's using that fire to change us. Now, in my particular case, God used that fire to bring me to Christ. Because my family, we weren't church-going people. And my mom left my dad, married my dad's brother, and I started going to church. Trying to make a bargain with God. You, I'll go to church, you fix my family. Well, it doesn't work that way. But I went to church, heard the gospel, and at 16 years of age, trusted Christ as my Savior. And it, it was a difference maker. And I'm going to tell you something. This is, this is something you'll just have to work through in your own mind. But my mom and dad were backslidden Christians. I did not grow up going to church. My parents had gotten saved years before. And then got backslidden. And they, so as backslidden Christians, they split up. My mom and dad get right with God. After my mom being married to my, my uncle for 15 years, my uncle died of cancer. And a year and a half later, my mom and dad remarried as godly people. Now, you can decide whether or not you think they should have. That's really irrelevant at this point. They're both in heaven. But, you know, from this little kid's standpoint, that was, that was like golden. You know, God was putting my family back together. It was, so my kids grew up only knowing Mamma and Papaw. They never knew Papaw Jeff, Uncle Jeff. He had already died. My daughter was a week old when he died of cancer. So they only knew them. And uh, wow, what a joy that was. And they knew Mamma and Papaw, right with God, living for Jesus, loving the Lord. What a joy. It was great. You know, but that was a fire of affliction. And that fire lasted for 15 years, 20 years. My, my, I'm the baby of six kids. And it was, it was rough on all of us. We weren't... Uh, we weren't happy with what was going on. I don't know what's going on in your life. But that fire is, is preparing us for the ultimate fire. As Christians, God says, I'm going to work right now through your groaning to make you more like Jesus. And he allows the fire of affliction to come upon your life. This fire is of rejection. Listen to Hebrews chapter 11. And others had cruel trials of cruel mockings, scourgings, bonds, and imprisonment. Matthew chapter 5, verse 11, the Beatitudes. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. This is, this is amazing to me. Even though my mom and dad were backslidden Christians and away from God, when I got saved, they were happy about it. And when I surrendered my life to ministry, they came to hear me preach. And so I would, I'm not making this up. I had my mom, my Uncle Jeff, and my dad sitting there listening to me preach as just a young 17-year-old kid. And uh, wow, I mean, that was, 
It was just something to watch what God was doing. It's not always easy when people, though, reject you. I don't understand. But some of you, I've already heard from some of you. Your prayer requests are, pray for my parents. I'm here, but they don't want me here. They don't want me to serve Jesus. They don't want me to, to live for the Lord. I don't understand those things. I didn't grow up that way. But some of you are facing rejection in your own homes. Some of you, you're, you're facing rejection from your friends. You came here in spite of, not because of, but in spite of what your friend group was asking you to do. And God is allowing, if you'll let it, God is allowing that fire of rejection to burn away the things that don't belong in your life to make us more like Christ so that one day we literally step as those who have given their lives to Christ here, from here into his presence, and we're not bowing our heads in shame, but we are rejoicing in the grace that has brought us there. What a joy it'll be. Uh, There is the fire of death to self. Here's what the Bible calls it, right? We put off. We put off the old man. Uh, The Apostle Paul says, I die how often? Daily. Daily. And so, you know, it's this, uh, this concept of every day we're, we're having to deal with this flesh and we, we put off the old man. And this is a fire that we're put through. Uh, we're challenged by God to become like Christ here and now to prepare us so that one day when we see him, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. And, and he wants that transition to be a step more than a leap. Do you understand? I mean, if, if he came back today, how much of a difference would entering the presence of Christ make in our Christian walk? And his desire is for us to walk closer and closer. You know, you've heard this. I don't know if this is exactly how it is. The Bible doesn't say it this way. But the Bible does say that um, Enoch walked with God and was not, right? He just walked with God and God translated him and took him to heaven. And the impression you get from the scripture is that Enoch walked so closely to God that it literally was that kind of a transition. He just walked with God and one day walked right into the presence of God. I've heard it said that, again, the Bible doesn't say this. This is just us talking. But, you know, that God and Enoch are walking side by side one day. And, and, you know, one of them says, hey, it's getting late. And, you know, God says, hey, we're closer to my house than yours. You want to come? You know, the idea that Enoch was walking that closely to God is incredible, right? That he just literally walked into the presence of God. That's what God's trying to get in our lives, to change us, to mold us, to shape us in the image of his son here and now, so that one day that transition is less dynamic than it was when we started this process, the day we trusted Christ as our Savior. So every day we die to self. Every day we have to go through that fire of facing what is in our lives and getting rid of it. In James chapter 1, you know, we we look at ourselves in the mirror of God's word and we deal with what we see if we're a wise person. If we're unwise, we just walk away and don't change anything. But if we're wise, we let God change us. We go through that fire and let God change us, which brings us to the ultimate 
of 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Listen to what it says. For other foundation can no man lay, we're in verse 11, than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon that foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. Listen to what it says. But he himself shall be saved, yet as by fire. Now, we started with the foundation of Jesus Christ. Once we have the foundation of Jesus Christ, that's what gets us to heaven. Do you understand? What I build on the foundation does not get me to heaven. So that if everything is burned away, I'm still saved, even though as by fire. But here's what happens in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Finally, the last and great fiery trial, when our lives are placed before Christ, and the fire comes and burns away all the wood, hay, and stubble, and the only thing left are the things we did for him. And here's how I imagine this happening. We walk over, and we scrape off what's left. And we walk over to the nail-scarred hands and feet of our Savior, and we say, I did this because I love you. And we place it at his feet. And at that moment, I want to have Christ-likeness that I've brought with me. I don't want everything to be burned away. I want there to be something there. Not because it's going to make an eternal difference. Christ makes the eternal difference. But the idea that I would not have something to give to my Savior breaks my heart. And I remember the days that I've squandered and the times that I've spit on his face so that I could go my own way. Praise the Lord. His grace is just going to let it be burned up. But I want to give him something. I did this because I love you. There's an old song I'm just now thinking of. And that's twice today, so that's dangerous. But uh, maybe you can remember it. Every man on earth is given just one life. Every life on earth is but a vapor. It appears, then it's gone, with a record of what's done. Then we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, God's Holy One. We must all bow down at the judgment seat of Christ. We must live our... I'm messing up the words. That's what happens. Sorry. You get the idea. Gold and silver and precious stones. You've been listening to a message from Pensacola Christian College Chapel. You're welcome to pass this sermon along to others. Please don't charge for it or alter it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. For additional information about PCC, visit us online at pcci.edu. Pensacola Christian College, empowering Christian leaders to influence the world for Christ.